When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to the Two Goalies, One Mike uh, NHL Draft Lottery uh, edition. Uh, we're just getting with you as the picks are being made. Uh, Steve, any updates right now? Uh, yeah, the very first pick, 16, Vegas Golden Knights. So that belongs to the to Buffalo. Buffalo. Let's go. We didn't lose that shit. Let's go. And obviously, we're going to stick around and we're going to discuss these picks. And where Buffalo ends up right afterwards, I uh, have a quick roundtable. Uh, Ryan, thanks for hopping on with us, bud. Yeah, man. Anytime. It's uh, it's an exciting day for some franchises that need some good news. So, for sure, uh, number fifteen is confirmed. Vancouver and number fourteen just came in. Winnipeg. And the Islanders are getting thirteen. Lou looks really happy about that. Right after he cans Barry Trotz, possibly the best go- coach in the league. Yeah, it's, it's about what you deserve. Columbus gets twelve. It's not bad for Yarmo, and he'll he'll draft a really useful player there too. Say what you will about <laughs> Columbus and not having a lot of stars, they do get useful players with their picks. Oh yeah, yeah. I must be on like a fifteen second delay here, Drury. You're gonna have to call him. I think you might be. San San Jose gets eleven. I mean, I'm I'm getting the direct feed here. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me from from Sportsnet up here, so. Yeah, Bill Daly I'm on that ESPN TV. plus American delay. There you go. Ten is that Anaheim? Yeah, Ducks get ten. Patty Verbeek, eh? Looking like a right nerd with the glasses. I love it. Revenge of the nerds, Pat. God, he was such an annoying player, eh? Good player, though. Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see what he does with Anaheim. Nine, oh. Buffalo. Uh. Yeah. Hey, that's not bad. We didn't no, lose position. You're in a good spot. You're, you're if you're drafting top ten, you're in a good spot. That's a top ten pick, and I actually have yeah. an idea of who they could potentially get there that might really help them out. At Sabermetrics, had them picking Nazar uh, at at nine. So I mean, yep. I'm I'm fine with that. He's a good centerman. That would uh, be bad. We need a Detroit. few years. Detroit gets eight. Has there been a team other than Detroit and Vancouver that's been more screwed by the NHL draft lottery over the last five years? Oh, my God, I yeah. do not think so. 
Number seven. What do we got, Billy? The Ottawa Senators. The Pierre yeah, Maguireless Ottawa Senators. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, last year's draft board pretty much didn't change at all, except for like the last couple of picks. No, it not really, like eh? Straight from the script, pretty much the entire broadcast. Numero Cease, the Chicago Blackhawks, which uh, Columbus – well, I actually believe Chicago has to clarify whether they want to give Columbus the pick, which they've got Columbus listed. So, obviously, Chicago's giving them the pick because they yeah. had the option to transfer it to next year. Chicago obviously content to just give Columbus the sixth overall pick this year. Nice, nice for Yarmo. Philly gets five. They got to make some hay with some some draft yeah, picks. Philly, man. Good grief. What a bad year. They should be calling Barry. Well, hey, then uh, my buddy, my brother with the Devils might get a higher pick than five. Then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they've jumped. Nice. Number four, Mr. Kraken. Okay. Ooh, Ronnie, yeah, Fran Ronnie Franchise. There you go. Here we go, the big ones. This Montreal they, fans are crossing their this fingers. This is where they cut the commercial. Yes. <laughs> this is where they cut the commercial, and you know I, I can't stand that. Come on. You know that was coming. You knew that was coming. Just get this it's over with, you know? Like, like, there's no other way to build suspense for an event where a guy's literally flipping fucking cards over. Can we get cut into commercial for the? I'm surprised you guys board. even thought that that was like gonna be a thing. Like, I mean, come no, on. it's just I know it's just a, like it's a half hour event. Like a guy's flipping cards over. Like, come on, Dude, the McDavid, man. the McDavid draft that was that was a lot longer. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah that was, was like an hour and a half stake in the McDavid draft. Oh, for sure. And he looked like he was gonna barf on live TV. It was like, <laughs> oh my god, oh, oh my god, I can't. I have a funny story about that. Since we're in commercial, my broadcast partner with the Guelph Storm, Steve Fitzsimmons, um, when he was, uh, you know, obviously this was my first year full time with the team. So back in 2015, when that came down, like a week later after that draft lottery. Guelph was in the playoffs and uh, Steve was down in the media room with our producer and just chatting with everybody. There's always interesting people in OHL media rooms. There's usually, usually NHL scouts. Quite often you see an NHL GM. I chatted with Kyle Dubas a couple weeks ago. There's always interesting people kicking around. I guess Kevin Lowe happened to be there. And this was back when he was still president of hockey ops with the Oilers. Cause remember they were just recycling every old boys club guy through their front office. I what guess Kevin Lowe is there. What three teams are remaining? The Devils? Are the Devils? Montreal, Devils, Arizona. Montreal, Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Arizona. Okay. So. so Kevin Lowe is standing behind Fitzy. He doesn't know that Kevin Lowe is behind him. And obviously the subject of McDavid comes up because Erie went really far in the playoffs that year. They actually got beat in the final by the Sioux. And uh they're just like, yeah, crazy. Like Edmonton yeah. again, you know, like whatever. And Fitzsimmons goes, yeah, and it's a damn disgrace because that joke of a franchise doesn't deserve him. Kevin Lowe is standing right behind him. <laughs> and everyone kind of looks Fantastic. and Steve turns around and goes, what do you think, Kevin? Like wasn't even phased by it. And Kevin Lowe was fuming. Max. I mean, you oh, Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Really, really funny. Like he turned around and was like, oh, Kevin Lowe. Yeah, what do you think of that? <laughs> And he was so mad, and he stormed oh, out. I was God. like, "That's yeah, great." I remember. Oh, yeah, I uh, uh, that's that's priceless. Yeah. You gotta love it. 
I remember the Dolly where I was. I went in the shitty ass bar in Depew, New York, that's no longer open called the pub. We used to call it the pube. Best wings, though, dude. Some of the best wings in Western New York. I don't care. No, it sounds like a place that would have really good wings. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. good. Oh, so oh yeah. The, the worst dives have the best food. Oh, the yeah. same way that in Philly, the best cheesesteaks come from your local bodega, not from an actual restaurant. But, like, yeah, yeah. That's just the way it is. Dude, like, like, I remember there being uh, Mike Jafari, mm-hmm. formerly of uh, WGR, and we, we, we had – we had just got done with hockey. We said, let's go, let's draft lotteries. Let's go watch, let's go watch it at a bar. Went to the pub and we lost it when they won that, man. We like, we embraced each other. It was so cool. Like, cause finally Buffalo won something. Oh, number three. Here we go. Arizona. That's a better Arizona. Oh, I'm, I'm sure whoever that's oh, gonna is going to be so happy. He's going to have so much fun playing at ASU for the next five years. Oh, Imagine God. the devils get number one again, though. Like that would also be pretty bad. He sure Hughes like Montreal oh, the Devils and the Habs boys. I really feel like sh- like Shane Wright would do a lot for Montreal. Here he we go. Do a lot for the Devils. Yeah, he's got to do a lot for any team. Montreal needs them more. Montreal got him. Montreal, wow, man. Listen, like he's a Montreal boy too. I think right. Like he's. Oh, from- yeah, yeah, I think that's true. So like, <laughs> I think he's from Eastern Ontario. I'm not actually, <laughs> sure. but I'm pretty sure he was like a Habs fan. I want to say that he was. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, I'm actually off the top of my head. Not sure. Wow. Uh, Early good. You know, good for the Habs, man. I mean, great for the Habs. You know, great. You know what I mean? Like a good player to bring your organization. A guy who's going to be excited, unlike McDavid when he went when he went to the Oilers. But like, it, it's hard always to be excited when you're when you're first overall going to the worst team in the NHL, right? Um, but we don't have know, any experience with that. You know what I mean? You, but you're going to a team that you grew up loving. Probably in your driveway as a kid, you're wearing your friggin' Saku Koivu jersey. You know, you know, you know, scoring on, you know, whomever. Who are you scoring on? Cujo. You know, probably back in the day, back in those. Actually, no, that would have been. It's still before his time. I mean, bear in mind this kid was born in 2004, so back in the day for him was like 2009. Yes, yeah, so you don't have to go back that been? far. Who would it have yeah. been? I don't even know. Who, uh, who are we talking about? We're talking about Shane right. Wright. Wearing a wearing a Habs jersey in the driveway. Who 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 is he? Who's who who is he idolizing and who is he scoring on? I mean, he might be scoring on Ryan Miller. You know, that could be. Yeah, he could yeah. Be if, he's, more... if he's a little kid, I mean, Toronto yeah, had terrible been... goaltending back then, so I yeah. doubt he was shooting on you know Vesa Toscala. Um, <laughs> he could he could have been putting uh putting dinners past Flower. You know, yeah. At the beginning of Flowers' career, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, you know that was right around the time you know like early early 2010s. Like Kovalev got traded there and was like electric. They gave him the C for a little bit there. Um, No, it's great for him. It's great for them. Like of all the of all the franchises to get drafted first overall by, like, does it really get much better than? Montreal like they're the most historic franchise in the game like (laughs) their sports royalty like they're synonymous with hockey it's not the same as no disrespect like it's not the same as getting drafted first overall by the devils you know like it's like the prestige isn't there right and and or or god forbid Arizona like god I, I I wish so so 
hard for the kid that it wasn't them. And luckily yeah. it's not. Yeah. Um, no, they're, they're going to get a really good. And hey, this is this is a, a player that Montreal has needed for decades now. They've been I'll looking for. It. And if Suzuki's your number two, you know, assuming that Wright reaches his full ceiling and Suzuki's your number two yeah. and you got Wright up there and he reaches his potential. Geez, that's not bad. Not that's bad not at bad all. at all. That's a pretty nice place that. to be. And uh, thankfully, he's uh, just barely six feet tall. So St. Louis can still work with him. You know, he's not too tall. Exactly. Yeah. He's <laughs> probably what the perfect coach for that, too. Like, look what he's done for Cole Caulfield this season. You know, yeah. Cole Caulfield had two goals pre St. Louis. And then the guy just took off the second St. Louis took over. And you think about it, man, both are small players. Both have tree trunks for legs. Like, you know, it makes sense to bring a guy like Mar- Marty in. And it was a fun experiment, right? If it didn't work, no harm, no foul. You know, you know, you, you so tried. You already lost at that point. Uh, yeah. Right? You tried Why something not? different. And in this case, it looks like it may have worked. Yeah. Threw a little mud on the wall and it stuck. And it stuck in a good way. Good for them. You know? I mean, yeah. yeah to I go mean, from, it could, it to couldn't go get muddy. First to worst, the uh, the reverse blues. That's a, that's a rough way to go into the following year after going to the cup final, like to just basically be the worst in the league. That's just, yeah, wow, that's just grim. And they, you know, they're, they're going to get the, the rebuild set off on the right track now mm-hmm. with, with a kid who, again, I, you know, I would, I would caution people that think, oh, he's, he's going to be, you know, like other recent first round or first overall picks we've seen. Uh, he's not, it's not really his game to be a massive point generator. Like honestly, and I'm not saying this because I don't believe he's got a really high skill level. I've watched him a lot in the OHL this year and, and years previous. Um, like I'd be shocked if he's ever like a hundred point player in the NHL, but I bet he'll be like an 85 point player and be plus 20 every year. After, you know, he gets worked into the league and that team starts to turn it around. That's the type of guy he idolizes Patrice Bergeron. You can see it in the way his game is. Everybody compares him to Bergeron. If he turns into half of what Patrice Bergeron is, you're ecstatic with that. That fell into your lap. Like that's, that's not bad. And, um, but that's not to say that the other teams, certainly even in the top 10 and really throughout that first round are going to have quality players in front of them to pick. Yeah, and we're going to bring up a few highlights from Shane Wright uh, right now, if you just give me a moment. Um, just uh, just you know, what we uh, what you expect to see in Montreal, obviously I'd imagine he's going to be there next year. I can't see them, you know, not bringing this kid into the fold. Um, I, I would say, you know, more last year, the hype around Shane Wright, it was more polarizing than it may have was this year. Um, he dealt with some injuries, didn't he, didn't he Ryan? Well, I think he, I think he had a couple small knocks, but nothing significant. But he got off to a really slow start, yeah. and re- really that whole Frontenac team did. Like Kingston was not cooking and burning in the first month of the OHL season. But as we learned, you know, coming out of that Christmas COVID shutdown, that first half of the season didn't really matter much, did it? Because they're well embroiled in a second round battle now, and. After that, he was really, really good. Like, really good. You're right. It did explode. Hold on, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, it did. 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 Y
That's threat. That's the force things. Hoffman takes the big glitch and shot scores. Wade gets his second of the game. But Hoffman paid the price to set up his captain. Brennan Hoffman, really good player. Using the D-Man as a screen. Love it. That's what the greats do. Really nice pass. Look at that breakaway speed. Way up in the air, Francesco Fedeli was back there. So is Frank Clark. Shane Wright, the flip play the other way. This works out okay. Wright in front of that. They score. Brendan Hoffman wins it for the Don Mills. That Don Mills Flyers team was stacked. They were so good. Yeah, didn't they just say Brent Clark? Yeah, that's down low. Frank Clark. Hoffman. Sit off the stick, but it goes right to Tucker. Stolen from Machine Wright. It's a race for the net. Wright goes to the forehand. Scores. This breakaway speed, it's just so bold. Like, like how quickly he goes from zero to ten. That's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah, that's dangerous. He's got a really good first couple steps. He's not the fastest guy, but his acceleration, like he's able to generate really good separation. Trying to take that to the net. Like in, in tight, he's so dangerous because. The biggest thing about Wright that makes him dangerous, much like Bergeron, is is his smart. He's got really, really high hockey IQ. I wouldn't yeah. say that anything about the other aspects of his game, including his skating overall, or even his shot, are elite and are ever going to be heralded as some of the best in the NHL. And neither is Patrice Bergeron's. But what, what, what is elite about him is his smarts and his ability to read plays and... He's there so good defensively. Like yeah. He's really, really responsible. And he's great in the dot. Like he's everything that you want in, in a two-way center that can do just as much for your team in your end as he can again. And he'll kill penalties too. He'll, like he'll be on the he'll be on Montreal's number one penalty kill unit. If not right at the start of next season, uh by the middle of the year, he's gonna be the number one guy on that penalty kill unit. He's that smart. Damn, right off the face off. You know, I know he's not with us anymore, but we used to think about the same thing about Sam Reinhardt. Like, his, his biggest uh, skill set was his hockey IQ. The guy was just so smart. Everything he did, he did he did it well and was a great, great penalty killer for Buffalo for, yeah. for the I mean, entire time he was in Buffalo. Uh, but, yeah, you know, again, I Shane Wright. The live button, so. okay. Hey, I'm live. I'm coming. I'm coming. What is going okay. on right now? Am I over oh, the hockey. Okay, hold on. We're uh, Shane Wright, obviously the projected pick for Montreal at first overall. Uh, other guys too. Were, you know, Ryan, obviously you're pretty much more in tune with junior hockey than you know, and, and you know college and whatnot than maybe I am. But you know, who would could you see a a guy throw, uh, falling the ninth overall for for Buffalo? I know Frank Nazar was a guy who was uh, mocked to Buffalo uh, set, uh, uh, center. Um, I like his game a little bit from what I've seen, but, you know, who would you like to see Buffalo take? It's going to depend, of course, on what's left there because I believe you should just take the best player available. And, I mean, 
there's going to be guys that are there. Jimmy Snuggerud might be there, a U18 guy out of the USHL who had a really, really good season. Uh, he's six foot one. He's got a big body. Do they want another winger, though? I don't know because they've got a lot of options we talked about potentially, and, and I actually think it would be a good fit for him. Casey Middlestat maybe eventually shifting to the wing. They've got Jack Quinn, so do they want to go the winger route? I don't know. Cutter Gauthier is a guy that can play center, but he is more of a left winger. Honestly, I think that there is a high likely, likelihood that Pavel Minchikov, who plays for the Saginaw Spirit, who had a tough season this year, the Spirit, not him, uh, he would be a guy that could just add more to this young decor and he's just so good going both ways. Modern defenseman skates extremely well, can generate and start offensive rushes by himself from the blue line. I think that Minchikov might be a guy that could be there. Craig Button's got him ranked at 10. I believe Sportsnet, I have their list in front of me here as well. I think they have him around 12. Um, but it, it really depends on what Buffalo wants to do. Do they want to go with another guy uh, so yeah, Sportsnet's got him at 13, but yeah, Cutter Gauthier, they've got up there as well. Connor Geeky could be a guy. I don't think that, um, I don't think that a guy like Joaquin Kemmel is going to be there for him. I, I don't think that Brad Lambert will be there either. Um, <laughs> I think that he'll be gone, uh, who obviously he's, his dad, you know, was American born, I believe, played in Finland and um, he, he's part of the Finnish national team. Um, I don't think that he'll be there because obviously next to a big mobile defenseman, you'd want a centerman. I don't think Lambert will be there. Matt Savoy's not going to be there either. And because of that, what you're left with probably as the Buffalo Sabres at nine is a winger. Or a defenseman. And I would rather have the defenseman. I think Minchikov is a better defenseman than some of these guys that would be available in that 8 through 13 range. I think that I would rather have Minchikov than some of those wingers that might be available. So he could be a guy that ends up becoming the third pillar of what could end up being a really, really incredible Buffalo decor for years and years to come. I, I love Minchikov. I think he's a really, really good player. Um, and I, I see him being in that wheelhouse for Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Minchikov, I, I, I do agree with you. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm in favor of honestly a center or a defenseman. Um, I think we're pretty loaded on the wings, but uh, Minchikov, definitely a name I think we should keep an eye out for. You, you just gave us a, a brilliant breakdown. I've always I've been a Connor Geeky fan myself. Uh, I know you you say he probably won't be there, but uh, you never know. You mean you never know? You you, you don't you know you know, there's is there always one team though? There's always one team that kind of goes off the board probably in the top ten to fifteen picks. Uh, who was it last year? There was a team last year. Uh, like oh God, who was it? Um, I'll bring it up. There was a there was a team that went off the board that nobody saw coming in the first round. I forget who it was though. Um, There's always somebody that kind of yeah. reaches on a guy based on what people project in these lists, which really at the end of the day are pretty meaningless outside of like the top, you know, two or three picks. It, you know, a, a, everybody's an expert until five years down the road when that guy actually turns out being really really good, right? So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it it's a crapshoot even even with all of the ability and technology we have now to be able to watch guys film and and make it a little easier on scouts it's largely 
it's largely still flipping a coin in some instances. You know, certainly some guys that are picked in this draft are going to be good and useful NHL players re- decently soon. In my opinion, I think that Shane Wright is probably the only guy that's in the NHL right away next year. Who knows, <laughs> based on what Arizona wants to do, if they throw, whether they take Savoy or Slavkovsky. If I'm Arizona, I'm taking a center all day long. Uh, I would I would want to target Savoy, probably. Um, I, I think Logan Cooley is going to go number two personally to New Jersey. So Savoy would be the guy that I would attack if I'm Arizona. But some of these guys are going to take one or two years to be impactful NHLers. Some of them might take five or six, particularly defensemen. And I mean, goalies, I mean, flip a coin. You you just don't really know, right? Everybody's a little different when it comes to guys between the pipes. You need to see those shots, see that rhythm. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting. But in my opinion, I think that Slavkovsky might have a decent opportunity based on things I've read about him. Again, I'm not an expert on a lot of the European skaters. I've not gotten to watch them play much outside of brief glimpses at U18 and and the World Junior tournaments and some pre-tournament games that they played. So generally, I'd have a lot more of a knowledge base as we all would watching those guys. We just didn't get an opportunity to do that this year. Maybe Slavkovsky, based on what I've read about him, could, could crack it. But Wright is probably the only for sure player that I think will be an NHL or next year. I think these other guys might get an early sniff and play the eight or nine games and then get sent back down. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think it's pretty obvious Shane's the only the only guy that I mean, there might be one other, you know, there might be one other that get you know, maybe gets, there might maybe. be. But I think I think you're right. Shane Wright is the only bona fide, you know, NHL ready <laughs> player in this draft right now. And it's not the best. Right? The, the draft everybody's looking to is next year. The Connor Bedard draft, right? It's loaded. There's so many talented players available in that draft. It's like they're they're talking about it potentially being in the same annals of the 2003 draft where like every single player basically in that first round and and largely the second round turned into really good, if not borderline Hall of Fame NHL players like that's how highly touted that 03 or uh, that 23, pardon me, draft is talking about it like that 03 draft where pretty much every pick hit. I'm not going to lie, man. I was really, really hoping to end up in that top five just to have a sniff at Logan Cooley. I'm a big Logan Cooley fan, man. He's I, so I good. That. He's going to be so good. Again, not NHL ready, but, you know, Don Granado's done such a good job out of everybody out of the US NTDP. Uh, program like you, you go down the list of guys he's coached uh, the U.S. national team, and they've all been a success. I mean, maybe not Anders Bjork, you know, but you know they're NHL players. They've had some success at some, you know, in, in some in some way, shape, or form. I, I'm just a huge Logan Cooley fan, and then obviously the next best guy coming out of that <clears throat> program is, excuse me, Cutter Guthier, uh, the U.S. NTDP. Uh, what do you what do you know about him? Obviously, he's ranked here at eleven. Maybe he's there for Buffalo. Maybe he's not. I mean, again, I, I I just I love the idea of maybe bringing in more guys that you know were groomed the same way through the same program that Granado came up through. 
Sorry, I got briefly distracted because George Springer just hit a leadoff home run. I love that. Uh, <laughs> go chase a guy. And again, like NHL bloodlines, of course, his dad played. Um, and basically all I've heard about him from some people I know that got to watch him a lot more and scouts that I saw in uh, ROHL media room that were down there that got to watch him play is basically that he's a guy that still has a lot of improving to do in terms of his compete level or his perceived compete level, I guess, in all three zones. When he has the puck and when he's engaged physically on the forecheck, he looks like an NHLer. He's a guy that wants to lay the body. He's not afraid to set the tone physically and carry his teammates along with him. When he doesn't have the puck is basically where I've been told that the the concerns are, which again is is not you know, strange of a lot of young, talented offensive players. I think that that's something that's very coachable. And I think that Donnie Meatballs probably, like you mentioned, just his long time involvement with that program probably has a better, that's an advantage for Buffalo. He Uh is going to be getting information fed to him. And he probably still watches tons of tape on the program and checks in on how these guys are doing. I mean, these guys are still young enough that he probably helped recruit some of them. Um, So that's an advantage. He's going to have a better read on those guys than a lot of other coaches who the GMs talk to, like they, they get their input and it would be a mistake of Kevin Adams to not have Donnie meatballs input on all these USNTDP guys. Um, I just think that he, he might be a reach for me at, nine and again like let's let's be honest here if if buffalo really likes a guy could they package up two of their picks i don't see maybe a player and moving up i just don't see them using all three picks i don't know how how you feel about that steve but i i i I just don't see it man i know i know kevin adams has been open in his end of season presser he said he's open to anything he's gonna take phone calls you know he, I mean, but that still doesn't mean he won't use all three. I just don't see him using all three picks. Yeah, I mean, uh, this offseason is actually, a you know, it's an incredibly huge test for Buffalo as an organization. I mean, we've been hearing a lot about, you know, having the right conversations and putting the right people in place to do the jobs that need to be done. Um, but ultimately, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's easy to hit when you have the first overall pick, and we have had a several – several years recently or you know very close to the top of the crop you know i mean there was no doubt in anyone's mind that owen power was going to be an impactful player right off the hop but this year you know we're not at the we're not at the top of the list and uh, we need to see if that scouting department that was essentially not existent a few years prior is uh where it needs to be to uh make these smart decisions i i would imagine that donnie with his uh experience coaching those younger programs with that just experience to like recognize young talent as it exists. I would hope that he's in the war room on draft day because not having a guy like that in the room would just be foolish. But, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see not only how the scouting department does with uh, seeing what decisions they make and then ultimately uh, whether or not it is or isn't all talk that Kevin Adams actually does have a legitimate control over the choices made for this organization. You know, if he's allowed to wheel and deal some picks in exchange for, actual NHL players that are here right now, you know, trade a first round pick in exchange for 
insert free agent that can immediately impact this team right here, right now, like a goalie, for example, which has been the conversation forever. You know, it's uh, it's really tough to say, you know, and uh, that that's why I think, you know, more so than who's on the board, that's why this draft is so important for Buffalo because it's going to, it's going to be very telling to see just how much of this has just been talk and vibes and how much of it is legitimate action to doing what needs to be done to make this team grow the right way. And that, that, that's why, that's why more than anything, I'm going to be watching intently to see how this stuff shakes out because ultimately I don't know why I still got a jury here. I love look. We all just love looking at his face. Uh, it's it's I'm just reading. I've got a face for podcasting anyway. No, it's fine. buddy, I uh, you, very well said, Steve. You, you, you I, I've said that before too. You know, how much control does Kevin Adams? Does he have the amount of control of Pagula City? I'm starting to shift my my feelings toward yes. I feel like he does have the control. Um, do, does he still probably have to report to ownership? Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, I think history Everyone shows that they want they have their fingers in things. But I, uh, for me, I I, I think that. Some moves that have been made are showing that Kevin Adams is being given the green light to, you know, if, if he feels if he feels strongly about something to just go ahead and do it. Um, as long as it's not like franchise altering, like the Ryan O'Reilly trade or the Jack Eichel trade, that stuff like that. You know, you got somebody calls on Tage Thompson, you want to trade Tage Thompson, you're probably gonna have to call ownership on that first, right? Yeah, you're gonna have to get permission. Yeah. Uh, just it's just somebody that I noticed on the list of like top prospects from each side. Uh, Drew, what do you know about this uh, Maverick Lamoureux individual? Uh, the thing that stands out about about him to me is uh, one, he fell to right around where Vegas's pick could potentially be for us. Uh, two, he's six foot seven, and three, he shoots on the right hand side as a defenseman, which is worth its weight in gold. Clearly, in the in recent years. You know anything about this particular prospect, or is he just a guy with a fun name who's absolutely enormous? Mav Lamaru is one of those guys that is just a monstrous specimen. I think he stands six seven, and he's he's just got so much reach, right? And as a defenseman that can absolutely lean into a slap shot and scare people with the with the power behind it to also be able to have that unique ability of being a pretty decent skater for being that big of a man and also having that reach. Um, he's a guy that is interesting, right? Like some people have him as low as 29 Sportsnet's got him down at 29 TSN has him higher. NHL central scouting has him higher than that. This draft is still going to be a bit of a crapshoot just in terms of getting back into the normal swing of hockey and scouts, essentially playing catch up over a year of COVID where they weren't really able to watch guys. Um, I do think that he's a really good player and he'll probably be back on the team Canada world junior roster again. And he was at the top prospects game and people loved him. Like he, he played really well in that game. Again, the, the thing that stands out about him is just his size and his reach. And, you know, when you have a defenseman that, that that's that big and can separate people from the puck, quickly turn it up ice and have the reach to break plays up and kill rushes essentially with one reach of the stick. That's always going to be valuable. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously <laughs> am of the camp that you want to draft the best possible person on the board. But, I mean, the more that I look through, like, the Buffalo Reserve list of who's actually in the pipeline, I mean, we know who's obviously going to be a fixture next year. You know, it's going to be the Jack Quinns and most likely J.J. Paterka's, unless the forward J. J. core of this team just, radically shifts. Paterka, who just scored to make it to uh, put, put Rochester up by two, by the way. Oh, hell yeah. See, case in point. J.J. Paterka, people keep forgetting that J.J. Paterka actually has more points in his rookie season than Jack Quinn. But... They're both just ridiculous. But that said, like, we know that those two are probably going to be in the forward mix. Matias Samuelson is here to stay. Owen Powers getting his first full season. Uh, but, yeah, when you look further down the draft pool, like a lot of the picks that we have left are, like, second, third rounders, that crop of kids from Russia who I have no idea when they're ever going to come stateside. We've got one of them. I think he's playing uh, in, like, the USHL, like, with the New Hampshire team or something like that, I want to say. Uh, I think his name's like Steven Sandarian, I want to say. He's with a American program, but literally every other Ruskies over in Russia. Uh, so, you know, and even less of those people are of any way decor people. So, I mean, you know, yes, you want to draft the most valuable player on the board when you have the pick, but you also need to think about, you know, the long-term future. And if you just stock up on really, really, really good centermen because – really, really, really good sentiment or a commodity, and you obviously you can't have too many good sentiment, you do also need some guys who might be able to play D going forward because, you know, how long are Ethan Prow and Ascari Laxenden going to be holding up the blue line in Rochester? We need to get some fresh blood in there. Now, I will not stand for any Ethan Prow slander on this podcast. Absolutely not. Guy I just, came to Buffalo this year and scored his first ever NHL goal at the age of, like, 39, all right? Leave him alone. <laughs> I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying we need he's more. A good, he's a good AHL player. No, yeah, he's a great AHL player. I got no problem with Ethan. Slavin uh, scores Carolina up one nothing. Yeah, no one's surprised about that. I'm happy that the that that series become more interesting because those first two games it was just looking like Boston was just get getting their style fed back to them by a much faster team and just getting smoked. But then Boston took it back to Boston and. They reminded him, "Oh yeah, we've been here before. We know how to face adversity, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna make you pay when you make mistakes because you're not a perfect team. You're a really good team, but you're not perfect. And we'll remind you every chance we get. And it's so weird to actually feel some sort of positive feelings towards Brad Marchand, but when Tony D'Angelo is your antagonist, you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I guess so. Yeah, but it's still exactly. Brad Marchand." Also, Dwayne, your face is very frozen, at least on my end. I don't know if you're getting that too dreary, but yeah, I think yeah, I think he's frozen. I think he's frozen. His video, anyways, frozen. Yeah, you're vi- yeah, we can hear you, but I your face you is just. You, we can still hear you. We just can't see any conversation coming from your face. Yeah, oh, just yeah, there, just there refire the camera. That's there we go. There, there he is. is. There we go. It's interesting to me too, like in in terms of Buffalo. You know, let's. I also don't think they're going to use all three of those picks. Let's just assume they keep that 16. Um, there'll be guys there available for them that are pretty interesting. And I mean, I, I trust Craig Button's list more than just about any analyst on earth. Um, That's a guy I'd love to get on the show. Hockey hockey prospect as well. They they put out the big black book every year. Um, and, and it's as comprehensive a draft guide as you're ever going to find. There are guys that are going to be available like 
and it, and it really depends on where Buffalo wants to go. There'll be some wingers available, some other defensemen. Owen Pickering might be down there. Uh, Matichuk, Lamaru. Um, there'll be guys there that uh, Tristan Lunau uh, as well, who who played really really well at the top prospects game. Then there's kind of a contingent of some of the Russian wingers that I I really think uh, Buffalo of all teams will stay away from those guys. One, because they don't have a scouting staff over there right now. And two, they've really struck out on quite a few of the Russian guys that they've drafted over the last decade plus. Uh, Mikhail Grigorenko, anybody? Um, oh, so, yeah. so, but they're, but like center wise, like Yuri Kulich might be there for them. A guy that I watched play quite a bit in the OHL this year and is going to be the rookie of the year. David Goyette of the Sudbury Wolves scored 33 goals as a rookie in the best junior league in, in on the entire planet. He'll be hovering around there. Like they're going to have options if they keep all these picks or they move or shuffle, no matter where they are sitting currently, there's options available for them to get at least two, assuming they do trade one of these picks really really good building blocks that are going to become key pieces of the roster in years to come which is positive yeah 100 percent um i just i uh just, I just I, sorry i was reading a really funny tweet um <laughs> gotta love play, gotta love playoff hockey some leaves fans in the corner of the bolts and we're heckling pat maroon nonstop. maroon laughed scooped up a puck and skated over the fans as the leaves fans raised their hands to catch the puck Maroon dropped the puck on the ice, skated away laughing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Pat Maroon. It's, wi- it's wild to think that of all people that have three consecutive cup rings, it's Pat fucking Maroon. <laughs> he, you know, he's an important piece, though. You know what I mean? He's an important he, he piece. Plays playoff, he plays a playoff style of hockey, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's desired. That's why, you know. Tampa Bay kept him around for another another run, man. Like, yeah, you know, there's no, there's you no this guy having four cups in a row. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you'd have enough rings, rings for every, you imagine? You'd have enough rings for one hand to just make that a brass knuckle every night he plays. Yeah, right. So if you want to fight him? It's like you're fighting four rings. Sorry, yeah. bud. Yeah, he'd be, oh, he'd yeah. be, uh, he'd be at half Tom Brady. It, it, that, that's not bad. And just off the top of my head. I believe he would be the first player since those early '80s Islanders to yeah. to win four to straight ever. cups. To, yeah. Albeit with different teams, of course, yes. But if my memory serves, I can't even think of a guy that even had three. He might be the first guy with three in a row since those Isles. Maybe some of the Edmonton never won three in a row, though. Yeah, I, I legit think he's like the first guy since those Isles players with three, let alone the four. Which, speaking of which, are like sports, we all like to talk about sports records that won't get broken. Everything, no one's ever breaking that record. Nineteen straight playoff series wins, never happening. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, it's right. kind of crazy, guys. Yeah, your your visuals are still off. We can still hear you, but what your face keeps. I guess that's all that matters. Your, ca- your camera's not being very responsive today, but uh, it is kind of interesting that now the Tampa Bay Lightning have uh, Corey Perry, and Corey Perry was blanked in the finals twice by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I wonder if uh, Tampa Bay doesn't do a three peat 
if they will blame Corey Perry's existence on the roster for exactly that, because Corey Perry is not allowed to win. And that's the only rule that needs to be followed. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but that, that would be, that would just be a funny little bit of commentary to see circle around. If uh... it's, it's, it is strange, right? Because like the last guy we kind of saw do this was Marion Hosa, where he lost as a member of the penguins in 08. Then he, then he went to Detroit and lost to the penguins and then he went to Chicago and finally he won and then he won two more. Right. So, so what um, you're saying is third time's the charm. I don't know. He's probably thinking that. And there are a lot of people that would probably not like to see that happen. Um, but again, he, uh, he's still like, say what you want about Corey Perry. Like he's still providing value for that team. You know, like yeah. he scored again the other night. As yeah. a matter of fact, every member of that fourth line scored for Tampa in game four, which is outrageous. Um, and Maroon's part of that too, right? You yep. need those guys. You need you need the bulldozers. It can't just all be Ferraris and Porsches. You got to have a couple bulldozers to get ahead in the world, and they have a few of them. Well, you need a Ford Taurus to drive through the wall of the Wendy's to get what you want. Yeah, every now and again, yeah, you got <laughs> to launch a Ford Fiesta off a ramp. Absolutely. <laughs> Rob Deardex. That's what puts asses in the seats. We're not here to watch... That's right. Cars not get smashed. We're here to watch the grave diggers smash a row of junkers. Exactly. Give me man. a grave digger and name him Pat Maroon. That's right, dude. Pat Maroon <laughs> looks like he like drives monster trucks as a hobby. Like I can honestly see Ryan Reeves doing that too in his off time. For just, sure. Right. Ryan like Demolition Reeves, though, he more strikes. Derbies. For sure, demolition derbies, and and he rides to the demolition derby on like a, a classic low rider '60s Harley Davidson hog, all black, all I mean, like matte black. <clears throat> He's like Ryan Reeves strikes me as like a hog rider, you know, the aggressively big bike. That's him, like Tony and, Twist back in the day. Yeah, now I'm picturing Milan Lucic going to a demolition derby, just driving an ATV through the streets of Edmonton or Calgary. I think he just put his body out there and run into the cars. <laughs> just oh, chase them like a rabid dog. That oh, feels man. like something Luch would I do. I miss Pat Coletta. You know, these guys are great with their grit and jam, but I just <laughs> miss Coletta, Pat. man. I just oh, miss yeah. Pat Coletta. He was, he was good at beating people up, but he also wasn't a dick about it. Yeah, he was he was a great little a puck, player, man. He, he would take a puck to the face, man, for for, for the Buffalo Sabers, and probably did a couple of times in practice. Oh, he's a fan out. favorite. Yeah, you know he he you know, he he put everything out there. He left it all on the ice for sure. One player I did want to ask you about, uh, Drew. I obviously he won't be eligible next season, but the following year, uh, Quentin Musty, uh, Hamburg kid here in Buffalo. Have you had any chance opportunities to watch him at all? I haven't watched a second of him playing this year i don't have a good grasp on what he's all about yet and i haven't really asked anybody about him either but i know he's obviously a highly touted name and he's got plenty of skill and i i personally just being honest i haven't watched a single second of him touch a hockey puck yeah, um he's uh i know cully works with him on the ice he works with his uh his younger sister she's a goaltender um and, uh, yeah and but um musty he says one of the best releases he's ever seen 
drafted first overall in the OHL draft. Just, uh, um, yeah, he, you know, I, you know, I, and I trust everything that Cully says, especially when it comes to junior hockey, you as well, Drury. He says this kid will be in the NHL someday without a shout of a doubt. He's just that good of a hockey player. Yeah. The Sudbury Wolves took him and he'll be, which, Hey, he'll be part of that core with David Goyette. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't watch a ton of him this year. Um, obviously I watched a lot more Goyette highlights. Um, but I mean, he had a pretty decent year. I mean, 31 points in 50 games, 12 of them goals. Like that's not a bad start. I mean, I I've seen guys that turned into hellish scorers at the OHL level have worse rookie seasons than that. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. American kid comes up here to play. Um, actually, play with the Buffalo Junior Sabers in his youth. Look at that. How about yep. that? And he's already six two two oh three. So I mean, that's impressive. And that was the one bummer about the season this year with the OHL is they just for COVID safety reasons the conferences only played each other. So we only saw teams in the West. We didn't get to see Shane Wright come to Guelph and uh, and vice versa. We didn't get to see David Goyette and this Quentin Musty lad uh, come to Guelph. We didn't get to play any of the Eastern Conference teams. So it kind of, you know, as a guy who's more analyzing the game at hand, it kind of nullified my ability to really see some guys and get a decent idea of what they're like. And he's one of them. I, I can't recall watching a second of his tape but I bet he's going to be a really good player and he'll be back in Sudbury next year with a really great organization. And let's see what he does. Yeah, I'll I'm definitely excited. be paying attention to him next year. I can tell you that. I'm excited, man. I, uh, you know, before we wrap things up here, obviously there's some playoff hockey to watch tonight. Just, um, you know, any predictions for tonight's games, you know, let's get into that a little bit. Uh, obviously the Canes at uh, last time I checked up one, nothing, uh, on that Slavin goal. Um, I'm not sure. Is the uh, Toronto Lightning game underway yet? I believe it's, it's, it, should yeah, it be. starts at 7.30, but I don't, obviously I don't they're think just They're just walking out. It's a whole spectacle. Yeah. They'll do the, they yeah. haven't even sung the anthem Bucks, yet. They're, Bucks don't drop for like 20 minutes after the start time in playoff. Yeah, they'll, they'll be oh. underway at 7.45. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they kind of flipped out about it on the After the Whistle podcast that shithead reporter – during Sheldon Keefe's uh, um, post-game interview, you know, why did you decide to start with your worst defenseman? And it's just like, I mean, sometimes I agree, I agree with Petey. Like, who gives these guys these fucking credentials sometimes that come up there and ask these shithead questions? Like, Well, that's, uh, that's Steve Simmons of the Sun, uh, the Toronto Sun, and not exactly the most, you know, well-regarded guy among teams and fan bases and uh, players. Matthews had uh, a bit of a prickly exchange with him last year um, when he basically wrote an article that Matthews had gotten COVID. Um, and and Matthews was, you know, pretty to, to, to his right, you know, pretty upset that, Steve took it upon himself to reveal to everybody through a source that he had COVID and, and, and whatnot. Yeah, he? And, um, yeah. yeah, he has had, 
he, he's just not, he's a tough guy to get. Like sometimes his questions are valid and you'll go, okay. Yeah. Like I understand asking that. And then he'll ask something like that where you're just like, I mean, what are you really trying to do? It's like, he's intentionally trying to get a rise out of, yeah. out of the guys and, and pick the low hanging fruit. Like, yeah, Justin Hall had a, had a tough night. He also made some nice plays in that game too. There was some clips shared on Twitter just of him making some nice zone exits. Like he did some good stuff too. The whole team sucked. We already went over that over the last two days. They sucked. That whole Toronto team sucked in game four. They were terrible. Not one guy was good. No. At all. So yeah, it, he needles people, man. And and I know a number of guys over the years have had to drag him aside and be like, I really didn't appreciate that. Um, there are team executives that won't even answer his phone calls. There's a really famous clip. You can look it up when Brian Burke was fired by the Leafs in 2013. And Steve basically asked him a question. Are, are you still, um, are you still going to be the GM of the U S Olympic hockey team? And Berkey like had had enough of him after like, what was that? Five years Burke was yeah. the GM of, of the Leafs. And he was like, you'll have to ask them, Steve. He's like, honestly, that's the best part about me getting fired today is I never have to talk to you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up on YouTube, man. It's easy yeah, to no, find. Was, yeah, no, it was circulating around a lot today, but yeah, okay. I think, I think when uh, certain reporters like that are asking questions that they know are not going to reach the, reach their people the right way, like, not going to reach their their target in a uh, respectful way in any way, shape, or form. It is deliberately to try to get some sort of rise, and you know they want a story. Yeah, they want a story, and they're going to say something shitty just to try to like make them go. You know, basically try to get them to Tortorella the guy. It's like, well, fuck off, Brooksy. I don't give a shit what you think. Yeah, you ever yeah. been in a fight, Brooksy? Um, you you probably, what was that one thing he said to him that one time too, where he was like, "You probably got left at the bus stop a lot." A lot. <laughs> so funny uh, man fucking torts torts is awesome uh, what, a, what a fucking character I, he, like if he didn't have such late like old man takes about hockey he would be a much better hockey personality like if he could just like embrace it like but i think skills. he is a good hockey personality because he he does that like we I mean, don't yeah. agree with it but like it is funny to like listen to him old man yeah. yell at cloud like i mean it, that it's entertaining. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's essentially what they've been doing on these national broadcasts. Like, Biz has kind of been the butt of the joke on a lot of these shows. For sure, and, yeah. And Torts could kind of be the same way. They're like, oh, well, we're going to listen to Biz about it. It's like, how many points do you have in the playoffs? How many points do you have ever? And it's like... Yeah, they've turned like, him into you know, Chuck. And like, like a less mean way than that. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure, because you have a lot of playoff experience, huh, Biz? This mm, might yeah. be it right here. I'm looking Tell for me more. It's pretty funny. But yeah, well, I could I could definitely see that being a whole angle where like somebody's gonna be like, I love the game the way it is. It's incredible. These kids are at the height of their skill level. We have never seen hockey play like this. And towards like, I don't know, seems a little weird to me. I wish they just grind in the corners for five minutes and no one actually gets the puck. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, this is it. Oh yeah, this is amazing. And you might have done This is like a long version of it too. This is a different guy talking to Berkey here. I think that's Paul Hendrick of Leafs TV. Hold on, let's see if we can find it. They got a lottery. 
They won a goddamn yeah, lottery. Piss on the, the Pittsburgh model. I remember that quote, is, too. Is that available to me? Should we do that? Should we ask the league to have a lottery this year? <laughs> Maybe we pick first. The Pittsburgh model, my ass. <laughs> I mean, they got the best player in the game in the lottery. Ray Shiro has done a good job. He's an excellent GM, and he's a friend of mine. But I love when people talk about the Pittsburgh model. The simple fact is they got the best player in the draft. We came in second that year in Anaheim. We got Bobby Ryan out of that. Impact player, good player. They got Sidney Crosby in the lottery. So are there things that I wish I'd said differently? You guys can dissect those. When I get up here, I try and answer honestly. And I, I'm not a patient person. I was born impatient, and I'm going to die impatient. <laughs> I don't like what's happening here. I don't like our lack of progress. Obviously, I'm driving the bus. I'm ultimately responsible. I'm not happy with where we are today. I thought we'd be farther ahead than we are right now. Uh, yeah, so it, it's a different it's a different clip. Obviously, there's Steve right there in the middle. Second time in uh, less than four days, another guy's a shithead. Rogers at Media Center is uh, let's see if not we... the most popular guy. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can see. I mean, you're not going to be able to tell just by looking at the screen, like the screen grab. Uh, first, Richard Petty, Petty, who brought me here. Uh, yeah, like it's, a, it's hard like to a find it. in the uh, comments where they like it's to do holders or the lifeblood of any. I finally done looking at the piece of paper. Knowing it's probably, it, it's probably easier to find on Twitter, honestly, but leaving with what sure. you got here right now. How disappointing is it uh, not to be able That's to Paul Hendrick, really good job. guy. Well, I think, I think you can make the case. That's been all. I think you, I can right. make that. Ooh, quick update, boys. Uh, you know, ultimate villain Tony D'Angelo gets the second goal for Carolina. He gets his first career, first playoff goal, I believe, ever. Uh, and I think the epitaph is, yeah, but look, I left these building blocks and everything. Then that's, you know, I'll leave that. View that as something that's between. Um, you've also been a very good friend. Nope, to that's not him. Wants to stand up here in five years or whenever he gets the axe and say, well, look what I started with. Look at the mess I inherited, which is not fair to John Ferguson. The players yeah. John left well, me, we managed to turn into some pretty good players. So it's not fair to him. And I don't expect Dave Nolan to stand up here in five years or whenever he gets the axe and say, <laughs> well, look what I started with. That, that's another excuse. I mean, I knew what the roster was when I came here. It wasn't there was no secrets about it? So, I'm not I'm not ducking that one either. I'm not yeah, going to say, well, look at look at what I have when I got here. That's not fair to Fergie. So, oh, well, Fergie really made quite a few mistakes, didn't he? Um, yeah, that that's you're not supposed to consult with. No, still not him. No, that's John Shannon. Before now thinking that. I've got also not him. He might be late. Yeah, he might be a little later yeah, here. Probably, oh, there he is. Anything you've done here in the last three and a half years? Well, we didn't win. And obviously, is your job him? as a GM is to bring in players that win. We didn't win. So this is – you can blame this if you want. I could stand here and say, oh, it's my personality. I didn't like my personality. Those all become pretexts and excuses later. If you've won enough games, you can be as obnoxious as you want to be if you're in first place. And so it's it's about winning games. That's why we're here. And I'm not ducking that. We didn't win enough games. There's nothing you would look back on and say, if I made this decision differently. Maybe you, you guys can do that. You can do that. I, I, I will do that introspectively, but you can do that. I'm pretty sure there will be a pretty good. I don't think that that's him yet either. I believe that's Bruce Arthur. There's Bob McKenzie, of course. 
no mistake in the Bob yeah. father, Bobby Margarita himself. I feel like they would do this guy the disrespect of getting letting him ask a final question. That's you Hendrix know? again. Yeah. Don't don't let him get the first word in. Just like there yeah, he is, I right there. There's Steve. The next U.S. Olympic team. That's not. That's the best part about today, Steve, is that I probably don't ever have to talk to you again, so you can ask them. <laughs> I think there'll come a time when you know that like uh, you know that like gif on twitter where like the guy soul leaves his body that's that's that right there like Brian Burke just like launched Steve Simmons soul out of his body and that's the thing though like one thing you gotta say about Sai is that like he doesn't give a shit like he does not care like he he will he always has and will continue till the day he retires and dies. Ask questions like that and, and approach things like that. And, and again, it's part of the, for w whatever it's worth, unique media flavor in the GTA and the Toronto sports market. Because he's had run-ins like that with people from the Blue Jays, TFC, the Argos, you know, you name it, the Raptors, like he, he's a sports guy, primarily hockey, but he's one of the sports guys at the sun, which is, you know, take it or leave it. That's how a lot of people feel about that particular brand, if you will. And, and Steve is the epitome of that. Like he is, um, he's as polarizing a scribe as, as you'll find. I mean, remember, was that last year or the year before where it was last year where Jake Voracek had that exchange on the Zoom with the oh, guy in yeah. Philly? Oh. I, I don't want to speak out of turn. Was Wait, that, Sam, like a rat? Was that it... Sam Carcitti? I don't know if it was. Let's bring it up. Jake Voracek. But he just, oh, my God, he just leveled the guy. Like that was like a really good one too. He's like, oh well, you know best. You're just gonna write whatever shit you want to write. Yeah, it you're doesn't matter what I, it doesn't matter what I say because you're just gonna spin whatever the fuck I say to say what you want. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, that was a like whoa. And the dry sidle thing this year with the guy uh, getting pissy. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Like, oh, that was great. There's some, uh, yeah, man. There's well, been some good I want to. I want to watch because I remember that was super funny. It was funny. It was like sometimes you just, you know, you want you 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 want you want players to be more animated and more colorful, and not to give cliche answers. But what they do, you nail them to the cross. But this was just epic. I liked it. I liked I'd it. I had zero problem with it. Oh yeah, such a weasel. Let let let's 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 save the rat for Brad Marchand. He can be a weasel. Such a Although weasel. I do think Brad looks more like a weasel than a rat. Let's be serious. Let's oh man, I love it. It's so so good. Had some choice words for the Philadelphia Inquirer's Mike Selsky, who has a history of criticizing Voracek. Um, two games in, Jake. How different does the season feel, if at all, given the circumstances of the off season and the condensed schedule and everything? Look at Konechny. Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're going to write fucking shit every time. I tried so hard. Yeah, it feels different. I mean, we got four points out of the first two games. Uh, I, I wasn't even going to answer your question because you're such a weasel. It's not even funny. Next question. 
Look at Konechny. Just the tiniest little smirk that says it all. Just like you obviously almost had a goal. I'm not Just gives him a little nod. Like, yeah, well said, Jake. Oh, that like, was great. That yeah, was pardon me. It wasn't Sam Kirchie. He was Mike. Yeah. That, my, oh, my God. <laughs> my water, and I'm going to love every second of that, but I'm not going to say a word. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I yeah. I had no problem with it. Been frozen in the same position now for like 30 minutes. Yeah. People are probably thinking, like, so there's two guys here and then a cardboard cutout of Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got for tonight's games, obviously. We know that Carolina is up 2 nothing on the Bruins. Uh, Bruins oh. storm back to tie that series at 2. Uh, just underway, uh, almost four minutes in. Leafs and Lightning tied at 0. And on the slate for tonight, we have Blues and Wild, 9.30, and Kings and Oilers at 10, where the Kings look to take the series lead. My Kings, I'm, I picked them to be my upset team of the playoffs. Uh, at least for the first round. Uh, what are we predicting for the rest of the night for these games before we wrap things up here? Well, I mean, some big statements need to be made. Uh, I feel like now that uh, the Canes-Bruins here, I, f- I feel like that's just going to be like home crowd driven so hard. Is like, I mean, it was very clear. Like, you know, Carolina was dominant in those first two games, and they had that is an incredibly loud building. Like, I don't really want to talk about how loud the Nashville building can be in the postseason when Nashville plays like a hockey team. Uh, but Carolina is a hard barn to walk into. Jeez Louise, that crowd is animated. From yep. puck dr- doesn't even like they don't even go dead silent when they get scored on a couple times. It doesn't matter. They're still in it. They're just got they're like a full full time choir. It's crazy. They just don't give up. Stanford is uh, one nothing. Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know the lightning. The lightning know uh, what they need to do to clinch a series. They uh, Toronto has literally every last bit of their dignity on the line to not get swept in the first round. Again. This is this is the biggest moment right now, and it's easy to say because of where we are in the series. This is the biggest moment of this core's life. Yeah, the way they played in Game Four. Atrocious. To come home <coughs> and be down one nothing early with all the doubt and the ghosts walking in the hallways and ceiling of that building. Their response here is big. I'm calling it right now. Toronto's winning this game. Toronto's winning game five. Carolina is going to win. Carolina's winning game five, and I think they're going to win big. Um. Now, those are a little easier to say because they're underway and, and there's some scoring on the board. But I, I still I think the Leafs are winning this game. And I think Matthews is going to have two goals and the roof's going to come off that place. Mm-hmm. Now, the later games, your Kings, I think they're getting smoked tonight. I think Edmonton is going to put the hammer down. I can smell a dry sidle hat trick, McDavid five points type night. I think I think Nurse is gonna have a clap or two. I think the big boys finally all get the train tracks laid down and the and the and the diesel train moving in the right direction in oil country. And as far as the other game tonight, St. Louis, Minnesota, I think St. Louis wins again. And you know what? I think the Blues run the table and they win this series in six. 
I think Ben Nasty is back in there. He's engaged again. He's got that swagger back. I think the Blues are on the table. There's my predictions. You see? Yeah. I mean, uh, my heart's still with Minnesota. Uh, I got to be I, – I don't know. I just uh, – I ultimately just think Minnesota wants it more. You know, I, I, you know, just like all the other teams that are in this are in their races, you know, like Edmonton, Toronto, they just have more, they just have more to prove. They just have more to play for. They have more at stake, just not even just as individual players, but as an organization, uh, just, and I feel like that that's just going to have to, that's going to give them that extra gear to go into that a team like St. Louis, who has, you know, won pretty recently, they just might not be quite there, but I mean, of all the opponents that they could have in the first round, Minnesota's the perfect choice. They fucking hate Minnesota with a burning passion. So of all the rivalry. teams you could want to destroy, uh, Minnesota's top of their list without a doubt. So, I mean, if any team's going to upset the Minnesota Wild in the first round, it's probably going to be the Blues. But, I mean, both teams have, you know, really strong offensive cores, Uh you know, clearly this Blues blue line has taken quite a hit in this series. Uh, you know, a lot of people are uh, out for the count at the moment. Uh, Scandella out again. Bertuzzo out again. Uh, but I, I don't know. I still think the odds are in Minnesota's favor. I hope. I still think it's going to seven because there's no way it isn't. But I think Minnesota is going to find a way to get it done. And I, you know, good for them. I do hope that Edmonton's the same way. Like they can't, they can't have that kind of roster and get taken out by a you know still growing and developing la kings team no they just can't that's just fucking unacceptable same way that it's completely unacceptable for the toronto maple leaves with the crop of talent that they have at their disposal and i i i get that it's against the two-time cup champions but you cannot lose this series heads will roll that team will look radically different come October if they lose in the first round again. Willie Nylander is out the door, I can almost guarantee it. He's like probably of all of all of those top guys, he's always been the odd man out. So if that series ends in another disappointment for Toronto, not just not just coaches and GMs are thinking about the axe. Uh Willie Nylander, something's gotta give. Ten million dollars has to come from somewhere to take that team in a new direction. And I think Willie's the, uh, Willie's the easy target. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Yeah. Um, probably isn't going anywhere. Like we said, no trade clause. He's he's not going anywhere, man. Yeah. Not a chance. Uh, Victor Hedman just put him up to nothing. Oh my. Now you're, now you're making me nervous. I still think the Leafs are winning and, and I, and, and I say it, and I say it because of everything producer Steve just reiterated from what I've been screaming about on here with you the past, what, two days or whatever it's been. Yep. Dwayne, they have to. They, they have, have to, to. If they don't win tonight, the, enough the series is, is over. Enough. They don't win tonight, the series is over. I I think you're probably right. Yeah, I, I mean, think you're it, probably right. They have to take it back to, to Tampa Bay for game six, right? Yeah. It's two at home, two away, house. back, forth, back. Right, it'll be a madhouse. Oh yeah, it would absolutely ridiculous. Go to the defending cup champion back to backs front lawn down yeah, three no, two. You, yeah, no, it's thanks. unacceptable. You have to go to Tampa Bay with a win in your pocket. You have to make a do or die for them, or you're just dead. Just don't even get off the plane. Sure. Don't even get on the plane. Just stay home. I, I, 
Again, I, I think Toronto's so good that they can they could still get this done even down three two, but what but but the whole narrative with them is what on earth have they ever done to make you think that's possible other than looking at their roster on paper and going, Wow, what talent? That's like you know what I mean? So so yeah. I can understand the pretty much everyone's take will be if Tampa wins, which again, I think the Leafs will come back. They have to. They have to win this game. If if yeah. they don't, why wouldn't outside of the most optimistic Leaf fan, why wouldn't everybody who's on the outside and doesn't have an emotional attachment to it, why wouldn't all of our takes be, oh yeah, they're done? Why would we think otherwise? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they don't win tonight, man, you might as well fire both Keith and Dubas after the game. Dude, and, and we're talking full teardown here. We're talking scouting staffs. We're talking Brendan Shanahan, the president. Like we're talking Scorched we're talking at, like like everybody. And and they will keep the core of this team together. Is it will will Nylander get moved? Probably the easiest guy to move. Because I don't think they want to trade Marner. He almost had a hundred points this year, and when he's on. He can make plays like few other players in this league, and that's just a fact. Talk to me if you want about how intense he is and mistakes he makes and this and that. And, yes, the last few playoffs have been very bad. This year, in the two games they've won, he's been very good. Um, I don't think he goes anywhere. Riley, I can say this for certain. Riley, Matthews, and Tavares are not going anywhere. Marner, I highly doubt. It's a, tough, it's, a tough, it's a tough contract to trade, too. Which one? The the, Mar- the Marner. It's a tough contract to trade. Um, I mean, we've we just watched a team free up ten million dollars for Jack Eichel with way more terms. So to free up ten yeah. nine, and and you're also talking, yeah, and you're also talking about a player who almost got a hundred points and will score a hundred points probably a couple times in his NHL career. You're also talking about a player that was not requiring a major neck surgery, no major injury issues with yeah. with Marner. There are teams with cap space, and we're we're to be fair to any Leaf fans watching, we're we're fair. floating in La La Land right now. Like this is as hypothetical as it gets. If that <laughs> were a thing that they wanted to entertain, that yeah. they could quite easily find a home for him. I know a few teams would probably be on the call right away. Seattle, Philly, Ottawa. There would be teams. Mm-hmm. There would For be sure. teams. But yeah, I, any, I I can't see him going anywhere. But, yeah, man, any, they better any, kick it into gear. Yeah, any team with cap space and even a halfway competent two yeah. out of three players on a top line, Yeah, uh, that team just got pushed over to the edge and just immediately became, like, mm-hmm. a playoff contending team if yeah. you add – if you add a Mitch Marner to the right-hand side of any one of those top lines. Yeah, like and, uh, you you add a guy that immediately improves your top line, your five-on-five play, your analytics numbers, your possession numbers. Um, he, he would immediately improve your power play. Like he he's a guy that if he gets moved, the other team, no matter what they send back, is not going to complain about acquiring him. No. Wild but, hypothetical. If he goes to Anaheim, you could have a first line of Sonny Milano, T- Trevor Zegras, 
and fucking Mitch Marner. Jesus, could you imagine that? If anyone, if anyone can teach Sonny Milano and Te- Trevor Zegers how to get to that next level, it's probably Mitch Marner. <laughs> and they don't, they don't really need to make any moves. Online to watch, right? Holy, Holy shit! shit. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, that'd be ignorant. John uh, Tortorella then, would hate that line. And then Dominic oh Simone God. and Troy Terry become your second line wingers. Pretty good. That's pretty ignorant. damn good. That's fucking <laughs> ignorant. Does Minnesota, pretty damn good. Does, does Yo. Back at home. Uh, take the series back uh, 3-2 here. You guys think? I think St. Louis is running the table, like I said. And, again, I love Minnesota. They were my dark horse pick. But, uh, again, do I, I do just Do they do it that, with Pennington? Yeah. I yeah. So. I, I think – I hey, I hope so. I got to throw a hot take out there. There it is. I want Billy Hughes, a Sabres fan. That's the guy I want to target free agency. So I'm all for that. For that. Yeah. So you know, I mean, whatever result ends in them thinking Billy Hughes <laughs> is expendable is perfectly fine by me. Um, oh ideally, God, I would... the Leafs just took the stupidest fucking penalty. Uh, they they are imploding, guys. Also, and it's really shots on goal in ten Will... minutes. William Nylander just took – oh, William, um, William, William. Homie, you decide your death warrant. <laughs> yeah. So if that, re- oh. if that results in a third goal in the first period, just oh – and, and you can sit there and you can sit there and say, oh, yeah, maybe a ticky-tack call. Rude, I believe, is the one that he takes down there, and, and he is smart. As soon as he feels Nylander reach around – and lock his stick across his body, Ruda bends into it and falls backwards. And that's, you're getting called every time, man. You've got your twig buried in this guy's ribs. With him with the puck, you're behind him, coming out of the corner, and he's trying to make a pass, and he just bends into that stick and falls down. That's getting called every time. 100%. They got to kill this penalty, man. They they cannot go down three nothing here like they did in game uh, in game yeah. four. Yeah, man. The, uh, the P- I'm looking at the fans. God, like the, the nervous people, man. Everybody looks like they're sitting on their fingernails. It, yeah, that we... is a nervous barn, man. Holy, Bro. everyone is sitting perfectly still, like Dwayne has been for this entire stream. <laughs> <laughs> That's technical difficulties, but can we like no. get edible? <laughs> Like, no matter what happens tonight, can we, like, try to get an edible arrangement sent to Steve Dangle? Because, like, the amount of things that must be happening to that poor man's heart. Oh, dude, this- I can't even imagine. I might tune into his watch Steve da- uh, Leafs game with Steve Dangle stream when we're done here because it's going to be now, next. Now, that, that is going to be the reincarnation of that gif of a man's soul leaving his body. If like, Yeah, dude. Just any of those reactions. Oh, my the God. Old, the old, like... He might he might become the Joker tonight. That yeah, that might yeah, be. That'll be, that'll be watch. If if they lose in the same fashion uh, tonight as they did in Game Four, that is must watch TV. That his LFR video must it's, watch. It's gonna get a hundred thousand views in an hour. Oh yeah. It's I mean, tonight. I'm gonna be watching my morning coffee tomorrow. That's a guarantee. Oh yeah, dude. It, anyways, boys, uh, let's wrap this up. Thanks as always, Drew, for uh, bet, hopping boys. out with us here. Um, Steve, producer Steve, thanks for hopping on. Uh, Montreal wins the draft lottery. Buffalo drafts ninth and 16th overall with Vegas's uh, first round pick. Um, and we'll see what happens in the next couple months, what Kevin Adams decides to do. 
whether he decides to make those picks or, you know, like you said earlier, jury, just maybe package something up and get better in the now rather than wait for, wait for later. So we'll see. Mark Giordano just took another penalty. They're going to have 30 seconds of five on three. Oh, it's over. That's all I got. I'm not even a Leafs fan. What the fuck? It is over. Let's get this this show on the road. Wrap things up here. This has been the NHL Draft Lottery edition of Two Goalies on Mike. I am Dwayne for producer Steve, for Ryan Drury. Uh, We will see you later. Thanks for hopping on, boys. And let's go lightning. Let's do that hockey. All right. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.